the most up-to-date science suggests that for us to have optimum amount of oxytocin per day in our within our system, we have to have at least seven hugs per day. And it's not just like a little "Hey, how you doing?" give you a little cuddle. It's like a hold for at least five seconds hug. So you know they're real proper hugs, and I agree. Like not many people are getting that right now. Hi everyone, I'm Hetty Holmes, and you're listening to Hacking Happiness with Dose, the podcast that explores what makes us feel good to get those happy hormones firing. My next guest is Richie Bostock, aka the Breath Guy. We talk about his personal journey into breathwork after his father was diagnosed with MS and how this led to his discovery of the Wim Hof method. Happy hormone oxytocin, rudely interrupted by my cocker spaniel, though her timing couldn't have been more on point. Hugging and the principles of Tantra. How breathwork can help people suffering from anxiety, depression and sleep problems, as well as how breathing through our noses on the inhale and exhale will improve our fitness performance. I hate it when my sister is right and she's been telling me to do this for ages. I am a little huskier than normal in this episode after losing my voice, but hopefully you won't notice. Just a heads up in advance. As ever, we are so thankful to our listeners for tuning in each week. We would love it if you could rate, review and subscribe just to let us know how we're doing and to help us to keep going. Please sign up to our newsletter if you haven't already at whateveryourdose.com forward slash newsletter. And after this, why not read our article, What is Breathwork and the Best Teachers to Follow? Just to broaden your knowledge and I hope you enjoy. Well, Richie, thank you so much for joining us on the Dose podcast. It's a pleasure to have you on. So nice to see you and it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Well, we always like to kick off the podcast by talking about happiness in terms of our career and what drives us, why we often link back to dopamine, our motivation molecule. But I'd be super keen to hear you talk about your personal journey into breathwork after your father was diagnosed with MS, which I think led to your discovery of the Wim Hof method. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, so... um. In a, in a previous life, I was working in management consulting. So that was my original kind of profession uh, coming out of high school and university. Um, and it was after about six years of working there, I, I left there, I left that industry and moved into um, the tech startup world and building apps and that kind of thing. But it was around that transition that my family got some bad news that my dad was diagnosed with MS, um, which for those who don't know what it is, multiple sclerosis, it's an autoimmune disease. And like all autoimmune issues, there's no magic pill that you can take and it disappears. It's not like you take a course of antibiotics and you're all good. It's quite often something people have to deal with for a lifetime. Mm. And so I was always looking for ways to be able to help dad, whether it was looking at lifestyle changes, dietary changes, um, alternative therapies, any of these kinds of things. And it was through my research that I came across Mr. Wim Hof, known as the Iceman. Um, and if you haven't heard of Wim, he's this amazing Dutch guy. And he holds 20-something world records all related to cold exposure. So things like swimming under ice for the longest distance, nearly summiting Everest, just wearing shorts and hiking boots and nothing else, sitting in a tub of ice for a stupidly long period of time. Um, So doing all these incredible cold stunts. And it was through his training and through his experience that he eventually developed this kind of well-being technique, I guess you could say, which he eventually called the Wim Hof Method. And it's really simple. It's basically a combination of cold exposure exercises and daily um, breath work as well. So it might be as simple as taking a cold shower every day and then doing a 10-minute breathing routine. So it seemed interesting, but the reason why it caught my my attention was because in this interview, he was sharing how it seems to be very helpful for people who have autoimmune issues, so things like MS. So I thought, all right, maybe there's something here. 
I ended up traveling to Poland and uh, doing one week uh, in this immersive retreat with some of his instructors, um, learning all about the Wim Hof method and doing all the crazy stuff that Wim does, swimming in the ice water, hiking around in our pants in the snow and <laughs> climbing the tallest mountain in Poland just in our shorts, minus you know, like 19 degrees at the top. And uh, it was really just such a profound experience. But what really took um, or really blew my mind was the breath work. I think the cold exposure aspect sounds the most interesting and kind of cool, but it was the breath work that blew me away because we would go down to the bottom of this basement and we would do these breathing techniques uh, for like 30 minutes, 40 minutes nonstop and uh, just have these incredible, incredible experiences just by breathing. And mm. everyone was a little bit different. You know, some people were just going into these beautiful states of bliss and calm. Some people were having sort of cathartic releases of emotion of things that perhaps they've been holding on to. Um, some people were just feeling incredibly empowered and powerful, just super joyful, just the whole spectrum of experience, all of which was very serving and very beneficial. And I just remember coming out of these sessions and every time coming out, just thinking, my God, I can't believe you can have this experience and feel this way just by breathing. How is it that not that everybody doesn't know about this? Mm. And so it uh, kicked off my, my obsession, I suppose, with breath work. Um, but oh, to cut a long story short, um, you know, my dad, since I came back from that trip, he did his breathing every day, cold showers every day, um, ice baths when he could as well. And um, from that moment onwards, the progression of his MS completely stopped in its tracks. No way. So, no. yeah, that yeah. plus a combination as well of um, a dietary change as well. Like I think nutrition is equally important, but the combination of changing nutrition and this Wim Hof method um, completely stopped the progression, which was amazing. And so, um, yeah, after seeing this result for my dad and uh, also experiencing what was happening within me as I continued my own daily practice, I just thought, well, what else is possible with breathwork? Surely there are more people who are doing things as well. So I started researching and it led me to travel around the world for about three and a half years, uh, learning from all sorts of different people, whether they were um, psychologists, researchers, doctors, yogis, breathwork masters, physiotherapists, athletic coaches, all sorts of different people who all looked at using the breath in different ways. Mm. And uh, so, yeah, now I'm very, very fortunate that uh, I get to teach something that I feel so passionate about. That's amazing. And also you, you've gone into the kind of corporate world as well, helping people to kind of have better focus and make better decisions in the workplace which you know is a very strong one linked to dopamine there in terms of like reaching towards our goals so like can you comment a bit about the kind of corporate wellness boom that you've seen and kind of your position within that yeah well you know i think more and more businesses and organizations are realizing that hey you know their biggest asset is their people so mm -hmm. they need to make sure that everybody's happy healthy um and uh and uh, able to, you know, thrive in the in this workplace environment. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of a lot of organizations and businesses are now investing in the well being of their employees in a much much more um, major way than I perhaps at least I remember it being all those years ago when I used to work in a corporate environment. Um, so it's really really exciting. And what's so great is I think you know. Obviously, everyone knows what meditation is. Mindfulness is a word that's being thrown around a lot as well over the last few years. Mm. Um, and that, and it's, those are obviously amazing, amazing practices. Um, but I think for a lot of people who are perhaps not necessarily into this world yet, um, it can still be a little bit daunting 
or a little bit mm. foreign and not necessarily um, digestible as a place to start. Whereas breathwork, I think everybody everybody kind of cottons onto the idea that the way that we breathe probably affects us in some way. It makes a lot of sense. Um, so from that point, people are easily able to start to get in touch with their breath and are much more receptive to the idea of learning how to use their breath to be able to change their state and change what's happening inside of them. Um, and it's really, really exciting. You know, I've taught in all sorts of different places now. And obviously since this pandemic, when everything's moved online, the corporate work is just, you know, boomed. And, um, and I just love it because it, I feel like a lot of businesses through this pandemic have gone, okay, everybody is almost, is in a constant state of stress right now. Everybody is in a constant state of fight or flight. We really need to make sure that we support our people and our employees as best as possible. So mm. yeah, I'm very happy to be able to serve in that way. Yeah, it's amazing. So in terms of um, breathwork and our relationships, how can it make us kind of better friends, like lovers, parents to strengthen those bonds and relationships? Because I know as a mum, like breathwork's incredibly powerful for me, even you know, when I'm trying to feed my baby and I'm a bit stressed and I'm trying to maybe juggle doing a bit of work at the same time and it doesn't work. So I kind of use breath as a really nice way to reset my mood and actually get into that parasympathetic nervous system, which you talk about a lot. So yeah, love to hear your thoughts on that. Well, you know, as a parent, I think it's a great example. You know, there's a, there's a great there's a great um, there's a great saying that goes along the lines of something like, uh, "You're only as good as your state," mm -hmm. or "You don't see the world how it is; you see the world how you are." So, if you are, you know, a, a busy parent, and you also have a business to juggle and all these things going on, and you know, you're in that. So kind of expected state of stress when you've got so much going on. And let's say your kiddo comes along and then spills their, um, I don't know, their, their, their chocolate milk on the carpet or something like that. And you're all stressed and you see it. And the chances are you're going to go, oh, bloody hell. Like, and just, you know, maybe lose your lid a little bit, you know, but of course they didn't mean it. But because you are in this state of stress already, you're already kind of in uh, a point where just that it only takes a little something to tip you over the edge. Then you're not able to respond in perhaps what is the most productive and even rational way, because of course, you know, kiddo didn't mean to do it. Uh, it's not their fault. Um, so when, if you are able to have some sort of way to be able to change or to be able to modify and to have some level of control over where your system is at, where your nervous system is going to be activated and ready for action, or whether it's going to be a bit more relaxed in recovery and recuperation mode. Um, to be able to have that kind of control that affects how you think and how you feel and therefore how you can react and respond to the world is incredibly important and powerful. And that's where the breath comes in because the breath is so intimately linked to your nervous system so that if you start to learn how to use your breath in certain ways, you can actually learn how it influences your nervous system and therefore how you can use it. So if you're feeling really stressed out, you can breathe in a certain way and just within a couple of minutes, you will start to feel some changes happening within your body and your mood. Um, if you, and hopefully that will be a relaxing state, right? That will be a down regulation of the sympathetic activity in your body. Um, whereas perhaps you're feeling tired and lethargic and you need to create some energy and you can breathe in a certain way to do that as well. So, you know, lots of different ways to use the breath uh, depending who you are, what's happening with you and what you need. Mm. And there's a lot of talk at the moment as well about like libido or lack thereof. And so can that really help as well in terms of like making us better lovers, like creating that space for our partners, even though we're like sharing a house with them, it's it's kind of easy, isn't it, to get caught up in your own 
kind of hobbies and things and ignore each other so is it like a kind of a nice bonding thing to do together well i mean you can it's it's on works on so many levels you know um number one when you are stressed and when you are so focused on what's happening outside of you because that's what a stress response does it actually paints your um takes your focus and attention away from the present moment and more into what could happen what's going on in your environment so straight away it takes you out of your body and if you're trying to get jiggy with it, being out of your body is probably not the best place to be, right? Mm. And also when you're in your sympathetic activation, um, energy and blood flow actually gets re- taken away or uh, redirected from your sexual organs because you don't really need to worry about reproducing when you are in your fight or flight because typically we go into our fight or flight response in response to a physical threat. So mm. in a life or death situation, we don't need to worry too much about that part of our body functioning that well. So on a couple of very real physiological levels, um, you know, constant stress is not useful uh, if um, you're hoping to, to yeah, to, to, to go down that and have that kind of lovely, delicious experience. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, in the Eastern traditions, um, things like Tantra, for example, which I'm sure everyone has heard of before, um, and Taoist sexual practices as well, this cultivating of sexual energy, you know, they use the breath as a central um, tool is essential teaching to be able to reconnect and to cultivate sexual energy. And you can use the breath actually then to increase, um, increase energy in these parts of the body and also move that energy around. Um, so that in itself is, you know, another reason why the breath can be very useful. But of course, you know, we all breathe off this big bubble of air that connects us all. And when we do breathe together, we connect in a very special way. Even, you know, kissing, and oh gosh, I'm just blanking now on which um, which culture refers to kissing. The word that they use for kissing actually means exchange of breath. Mm, so the idea being that, you know, that intimacy of getting to connect with someone is actually through the exchange of breath. Mm. So breathing together, um, look, especially if you're looking into each other's eyes and breathing in sync with each other is an absolutely incredible and very, very intimate practice that even if you already do have a great sex life and everything feels amazing, you're still in that beautiful, um, passionate, um, still feel that beautiful, passionate energy within the relationship, it can take it to whole new levels. Mm, that's so super interesting. Yeah, because tantra is a word that people are like a little bit scared of maybe, but it's actually, it does just boil down to the breath, doesn't it? And in connection, which is just super important. It's the, it really is the biggest part. And, mm. you know, I think tantra in the West, people instantly think about sex when actually that is a part of tantra. And mm. there are actually schools and, and traditions of tantra that completely avoid the sexual practice. And it's more... Um, around just cultivating life force energy within yourself and connecting to that feminine energy within you. Um, but but there are, of course, other forms of tantra where it brings it together with solo work and partner work. Um, it's a, it's an incredible practice. And even if, even if it seems like a weird thing, perhaps, to consciously uh, practice something around cultivating sexual energy, I highly encourage everyone to remain open-minded and curious and give it a go. Mm-hmm. Nice. And so with oxytocin, it's often linked to kind of to touch, um, which we're experiencing a lack of at the moment, with this kind of touch hunger epidemic we're going through with COVID. But there is still a way to get the oxytocin flowing, isn't there, by just kind of checking in with ourselves and practicing a bit of like self-love and self-compassion. So how can breath work help us to do that? Well, you know, 
I, the, I think the, the most up-to-date science suggests that for us to have optimum amount of oxytocin per day in our, within our system, we have to have at least seven hugs per day. And it's not just like a little, hey, how you doing, give you a little cuddle. It's like a hold for at least five seconds hug. So, you know, they're real proper hugs. And I agree, like not many people are getting that right now. Um, unless, uh, and that's why everyone's buying dogs. Right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> apparently, speaking to a friend of mine recently and she had to pay, she recently bought a puppy and apparently the premium on puppies has gone up by nearly 400, 500%. Um, yeah. Just because everyone's buying dogs. But that's Crazy. a beautiful thing. And pets are so gorgeous for that. Mm. Um, but yeah, how can we, if we don't have the opportunity of, uh, a gorgeous golden retriever or um, somebody to, to to touch and to cuddle with, what can we do? Well, actually, even before I go into the breath, there's a couple of things that um, can certainly help. And <laughs> I don't mean this in like any kind of sus way, but touching yourself um, it does actually help with oxytocin. And there are a couple of different places, uh, apart from the obvious ones that I'm going to share. Um, <laughs> the palms of your hands are very, very sensitive for obvious reasons. Um, but actually what happens when you touch the palms of your hands or rub your palms together gently is that it increases um, the, uh, the presence of delta waves in the parts of your emotional brain, the emotional centers of your brain um, that actually help to, um, to bring down the stress response and also yeah. to bring down a fear response um, as well as um, bring up levels of those happy hormones that we're talking about. So actually just gently rubbing your palms together and really focusing on what that feels like. So you could call it mindfully rubbing your palms together. So really putting your focus in between your palms, rubbing them together gently works really well. Okay. The other place that works really well is the sides of your arms. What I mean is between your shoulder and your elbow. So what you can do is you kind of cross your arms across your chest and mm -hmm. stroke your arms like this. Does the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. Also the face rubbing the face, particularly uh, around the eyebrows and underneath the, um, the eyes going down towards the, uh, the mouth, stroking these places does the exact same thing, increases delta waves in certain parts of the limbic system um, and also helping to trigger the increase of happy hormones in the body. So you can, <laughs> for lack of a better way of putting it, touch yourself to make yourself feel good. <laughs> um, and, uh, but of course, you know, the presence of... Um, in the ha of, uh, of ha happy hormones, we call them, is far higher when you are in your rest and relaxation response. Yeah. So again, using your breath to relax yourself, to turn down the fight or flight response, downregulate that response so that you are feeling more relaxed, more rejuvenated um, by itself will naturally increase the concentration of these hormones. Amazing. Speaking of happy hormones, do you mind if I let my dog in because he's squeaking and it's going to really irritate me? Yeah, of course. No worries. Hello. <laughs> Aww. Talk Yay. about oxytocin. I know. Huh? There we go. Like, on cue. Perfectly yeah. on cue. All right. Sorry mm -hmm. about that. So, getting to Sorry. serotonin, our, our mood stabilizing happy hormone that's uh, linked with so many things, isn't it? From from our gut, because of that brain-gut connection. And I think it's 80% or 90% of serotonin is made in the gut itself. So it's largely to do with that kind of gut feeling and um, what we what we eat as well. Um, so for people suffering from, from anxiety, panic attacks, like what are things they can do with breath work to kind of 
that's the middle hacks that they can do to kind of keep those symptoms at bay. And obviously, if someone's suffering from clinical depression, it's a whole other matter. But are there some hacks that, that we can do if we're experiencing a moment of anxiety in our day? Completely. And, you know, there's, there's, there's kind of two ways that you can look at how to use the breath in relation to um, anxiety, stress, and even depression. Um, first way of looking at it is sort of going and doing the deeper work to understanding why you feel those things in the first place. Because really, the reason why we feel stress, why we feel anxiety, why we feel depression is because you know, innately there is some interesting attachment or meaning to what's happening around us and we're becoming very reactive to that and allowing our environment to dictate how we think and how we feel and therefore the physiology of what is going on inside of us. Um, so you can actually use the breath to go on a bit of an investigation and almost use it as like therapy. So there are some incredible breath techniques out there um, that you would need to do with a practitioner um, to hold space and to facilitate this process because usually it, it, it's uh, lying down and breathing in certain ways for an hour, hour and a half. Um, but what can happen is you sort of, you, uh, you literally do a deep dive into the emotional centers of your brain and do a little bit of unpacking as to what to that, what's there. I call it, I call, I call it a, like a spring cleaning of your emotional brain, your emotional centers. And so if you do that kind of work, it might mean that, you know, you, you get to understand, integrate or release the, the, the emotional charge of whatever it is that's triggering, triggering you to cause stress in the first place. So it's kind of like nipping it in the bud, right? So that's one way of looking at it. And if you're interested in that, um, you can look at forms of that, that kind of classification of breathworks called integrative breathwork. And you can look at things like rebirthing, transformational breath, holotropic breathwork, um, biodynamic breathwork. Um, if you just give it a Google, you'll, you'll see there's so many different schools, so many different styles, but you know, much the same, they all point in the same direction. And, um, but then of course you can use the breath in a more reactive way. So let's say something triggers me throughout the day and I'm getting really stressed or anxious or maybe having a panic attack. And therefore, um, you know, I, I can start to use the breath to be able to relax and reduce what that feels like. In fact, sometimes it, within a couple of minutes, it's like nothing's ever happened at all. Um, that's how powerful the breath can be. And so if you think about perhaps the last time you were stressed or the last time you're anxious, or maybe you are prone to panic attacks, you may notice that your breathing changes in some way. And usually the way you'll experience it is that your breathing becomes a bit faster. You feel it a bit higher up in the chest or perhaps more shallow is the word that's used. So sometimes it feels very erratic. Maybe you start to breathe through the mouth. Sometimes you hold your breath which is another very normal reflex. Um, so this is just a sign that the sympathetic activation in your body is well and truly underway. It's perfectly normal, it's not a dysfunction, that's what's supposed to happen. Mm. But the problem becomes when this happens and there's no real good reason for it to happen. Because you know, back in the day when we feel stressed or anxious, it would be because, and by back in the day, I mean when we were cavemen and cave women, you know, it would be because we were about to, you know, be chased by a lion or have to fight off a bear or something like that. You know, real physical life or death situations. But now being stressed is just being at work all the time. It might be your relationship, it might be money issues. It might be, you know, the things that trigger, trigger you when you're on social media all the time. You know, all these certain things, all these different things. 
mean that your stress response is going all the time, and perhaps you're breathing in this stressful, shallow, faster, perhaps holding your breath way all the time. So that's not useful. So if that's so, if a shallow breath higher up in the chest and a faster breath is a stressful breath, then it makes sense that a relaxing breath is just the exact opposite. So slowing the breath down and breathing lower into the body using our diaphragm, which is our big breathing muscle that connects to the bottom of our ribs and to our、um, to our spine, and using feeling an expansion through the lower rib cage, through the belly, coming slowly up into the chest, but not feeling so much tension or movement or activation of these muscles in our neck, chest, and shoulders. So when you inhale, see if you can just relax these shoulders, relax these muscles in the neck and the shoulders, in the chest and the upper back. See if you can keep them. Relatively still. It's not perfectly still, but relatively still. And you should experience the motion of the breath far lower in the body, in the lower ribs, into the belly,、um, and uh, and experience、um, this. This is this might be quite a new experience for many of you, and some of you might find it hard to do as well. If we've experienced a lot of trauma in our life, or have had you know huge amounts of stress for extended periods, people are completely disconnected from this part of their body. So, learning to breathe a little bit lower, breathing slower, is the first step. And let's say you're in the middle of a panic attack right now. What I would ask you to do is to start to slow down the breath. Maybe four seconds in, four seconds out, five seconds in, five seconds out, through the nose, and bringing the breath down lower into the belly. That's the easiest place to start. Of course, there's a million and one other different techniques that you could use, but as a start, that's really good. Amazing, yeah. I was taught,、uh, I think, on our yoga retreat to kind of put more emphasis on the exhale to kind of really fast track that that kind of restoration and relax phase, that parasympathetic nervous system, which really, really helps for me. But、um, as you say, there's probably a million and one different <laughs> different tips and tricks out there. It's whatever works for you, I guess. Yeah. Everybody's relationship to their breath is completely different, and what works for one pe- one person won't work for the other.、Mm-hmm. Um, but that extended exhale technique also works really well. You know, the exhale. You can actually test this for yourself if you like. You can, you know, check hold、um, hold your pulse, so maybe on your wrist, and then breathe in for four or five seconds and breathe out for four or five seconds, and pay attention to your pulse.、Mm. And what you'll notice is that as you inhale, it speeds up, and as you exhale, it slows down.、Mm. So the exhale is、um, associated with the parasympathetic nervous system. So the idea being that if we want to relax, which is what the parasympathetic nervous system is is、um, responsible for. Then let's just exhale as much as possible. So double the length of the exhale、um, versus the inhale,、uh, and that does work very well, also. Yeah, great. And and how can it help us with sleep as well? Because I think we're we're in a bit of a sleep kind of crisis at the moment. Even though there's like a million and one different gadgets to help us get there, we're still not sleeping.、Um, so yeah, how can breathwork help with that? Like, should we be having kind of pre bedtime? Meditation rituals to help us get in the zone for sleep, and obviously practicing a sleep hygiene routine, which is quite trendy right now. <laughs> oh my gosh! I mean, there, like you said, there are a million and one gadgets to help you to sleep,、um, but also just just some real simple things as well.、Um, even before we go into breath, you know, staying away from screens for at least half an hour to an hour before you go to bed is, if possible, is great. You know, there's a lot of.、Um, There's a lot of talk around light these days, and you know, how blue light in particular、um, stops the the natural circadian rhythm, interferes with the natural circadian rhythm,、um, and hinders the production of melatonin,、um, which is our big sleep hormone.、Uh, 
Um, but, and so what some people are doing, because unfortunately, if you live in any kind of semi-modern house, you have a lot of LED lights mm. and they, they, do, they have a lot of um, blue light and they also very subtly flicker, which is also very stimulating. So a lot of people are going back to the old days of once it's sundown, we only use candles, which is absolutely brilliant. I've actually just started to do that myself just to yeah. see what it's like. And it's really fun. I really like it. Um, it kind of feels like you're camping all the time. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so in terms of the breath, well, there's one technique that I really like and works really well for the clients um, who have had trouble with sleep um, that works on a couple of levels. We've talked a lot about the parasympathetic nervous system and have how the breath can react with that. Well, it works on that level, you know, calming down the nervous system but it also brings shuts down the mind a little bit so that that monkey chatter that's always going on in the background thinking about tomorrow and yesterday and um brings your awareness and attention back into the body and if you're really focused on the body that is how you feel the sensation whatever it is that um you can kind of sense and uh somatically in your body um, it means that you're really in the present moment. It makes it so much easier to fall asleep. Um, so what I, what I teach is something called ladder breathing. And uh, it goes a little something like this. You breathe in and out through the nose. And you start, let's say, four seconds in, four seconds out. So always keeping inhales, exhales equal for, the, for this moment or for this technique. And then you increase it to five seconds and just see how that feels. And this is the coming into the body piece. So you need to kind of really tune into, does this breath feel easy for me? Um, do I run out of breath before I get to five seconds? Am I breathing too fast? Do I feel like I run out of breath? Do I feel like um, I become breathless? Or, you know, how does it make me feel in my body? And if it feels comfortable, go to six seconds. And again, adjust and just see, how does that make my body feel? Go to seven seconds. Maybe seven seconds feels like too much. Go back down to six seconds. Go back down to five seconds. Does, how does that feel any different? Is it easier? Is it harder? All right, let's go back to seven seconds, see how it goes. So basically, you just keep going up and down this ladder and sort of just almost like testing what each breath technique or which, each um, cadence of breath feels like for you. And eventually, just out of the sheer focus, attention, and curiosity of how each cadence of breath feels, is really just drawing your mind away from anything else that you could think about and you're right here, right now. That coupled with the gentle um, soothing effect of the slower breathing on your nervous system is a really surefire way to help you to fall asleep. Amazing. I feel sleepy just uh, thinking about that. I was, I was doing a little <laughs> bit myself as you were talking and I was, yeah, it's amazing the breath, isn't it? Because you, almost, I, I almost feel a little bit high from doing it, just going in and out, which brings us nicely to endorphins, which is that one we associate with that euphoric, euphoric feeling, um, especially when running. And actually, this isn't something that I, I plan to talk about, but it just kind of came to me now. But uh, my sister actually said that you should always run, but breathing through your nose both ways. Inhale and exhale. And it's so much harder to run like that. Is that the way that you would suggest that you run always? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So it, but it is quite a recent um, finding and understanding of how breathing through the nose is actually helpful for athletic performance. Um, but here's the thing with it. Uh, many people aren't used to it, you know, so you go for a run and then eventually, you know, you start to feel more out of breath. So you automatically switch to breathing through your mouth because it's a much bigger um, 
<laughs> orifice. It's for, for air to come in and out quickly. So it makes sense. Um, but if you start to train to breathe through your nose, what you'll actually have to do to begin with is to scale down the level of work in your workout. Because what you want to do is rather than breathe through your nose, run, 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 and be like, oh my gosh, I'm so out of breath. Like I, I need to breathe and then start breathing through your mouth. Just you can stop or start to slow down the level of um, output until you catch your breath again and then pick it back up. So rather than being um, guided by, let's say, the fatigue in your muscles, you're purely guided by your lungs and how they feel. And what you'll find is that eventually your lungs will catch up to your muscles within usually a couple of weeks. Just takes a little bit of time. Mm. Um, so yeah, no, she's totally right. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's talking about feelings of euphoria and feelings of um, bliss and these kinds of things. These were some of the primary feelings I felt in that retreat in Poland whenever I did breath work. Mm. You know, these incredible feelings of, you know, nothing can go wrong in the world. Everything is absolutely perfect. And I just feel incredible. I feel like I, I can do anything. Like this ultimate sense of just, oh, everything is right in the world. And quite often, if you do deeper styles of breath, um, people who have perhaps uh, dabbled with psychedelic substances before will come out being like, my God, I feel the same as if I, mm. you know, had just done a psychedelic ceremony. Um, and interestingly, when you do certain breath techniques, what happens in the brain is very similar to if you were to take a, a psychedelic substance of some sort. So, so absolutely, you know, actually it was, I think, Wim, Wim Hof who, uh, kind of made the phrase popular, at least in the breathwork world, um, getting high on your own supply, which I originally think is a Biggie Smalls lyric, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's very popular in the, I think he made t-shirts of it on, at some point as well. I totally get it. I mean, like a big phrase we use at Dose is like healthy hedonism. And it is that idea that like hedonism might have negative connotations, right? It might, you might associate it with excess and overindulgence in terms of alcohol and drugs and whatever, but it just means pleasure. And if you can get that pleasure feeling naturally from your own stuff, then that's incredible, isn't it? And so is a lot of this um, feeling you were getting from the cold water swimming as well as the breath work or from the breath work alone? It was from the breath work alone. Wow. You know, cold exposure can give you that feeling of euphoria as well, but it's usually after, mm. after the cold exposure. So you might take a cold shower and for the two minutes that you're in the cold shower, you know, hopefully you're able to kind of relax into it, but it might not necessarily be the most pleasant experience. But once you get out, you feel absolutely brilliant. Mm. Um but, uh, but yeah, by the breath alone, you know, you can really work up some amazing heightened states within, you know, five minutes of breathing in a certain way. Um, but you're right, you know, pleasure is always an interesting topic, particularly kind of in the spiritual world um, and can sort of be demonized. But the way I sort of look at it, it's, it's so much of life is very rarely the what. It's always the why, you know, so... If you're constantly seeking pleasure, why are you doing that? You know, if you're constantly, if you're going to the gym two hours a day, why are you doing that? If you're a complete workaholic, why are you doing that? And usually it, that investigation takes you into um, the emotional body of you and the, the beliefs that you have and the meanings that you associate with things and the ways that you quite often tend to avoid things that you might not want to feel. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with having a drink, but if you're drinking all the time to 
to to uh, avoid how you feel when you're sober or when you're you know completely present, that's probably not a good thing. Um, you might need to observe and do some work around that. But uh, yeah, so I'm all for it. It's it's you got to have a good time, and I'm so excited for when we the world opens up again. You know, I was just the other day. I was just watching. Um, I've just been watching festivals and like mm. concerts and just seeing crowds again and being like, I'm so excited to be amongst them once more. I, I love group energy. So this last year has been kind of weird for me um, mm. in that sense. But um, yeah, I think there's a lot of good times ahead. Yeah. And on that note, like what do you have in the pipeline? Like once, I mean, I guess we can look towards the end of this year for events opening up again, but do you have things in your calendar like that, like bigger events or is it more next year? Um, I'm I'm doing a couple of festivals definitely towards the end of this year, um, uh, which is very exciting. But I but you know once I think even in the UK I think we can actually start to do small group sessions uh, in April, mm. so it's not too far away. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think post June and in the summer, you know, depending on how everything's going and um, what's safe and responsible for us to do. We'll, we'll, we'll go big. You know, before pre-pandemic, we were doing like uh, workshops for a couple of hundred people. And that was, you know, it's, it's the group energy is just so powerful because it entrains everybody to go to a whole new level. Mm. Um, so, you know, to get to that point again and to be able to do that again will be so exciting. But until then, just online and, um, and uh, but yeah, very, very happy and very excited about what's to come. Awesome. And for people listening in now um, who might not know how to access you and your workshops, can you tell us a little bit about how we can do that? Yeah. So um, my uh, my website is thebreathguide.com, has most of my details there on different things that I'm up to and how to contact me. Um, but also on Instagram at thebreathguy uh, would probably be the best place to, to, to look into, uh, to stay on top of if, for like event announcements and that kind of thing. Um, because, uh, yeah, that's probably where I'm most active, I'd say. So, yeah, those would be the two places to find me. Awesome. Well, Richie, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. If you have any questions about today's podcast, please drop us a line at hello at whateveryourdose.com.